Opinions expressed on the Eyes Free Fitness podcast are those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent Blind Alive. No comments are meant to diagnose or treat any particular condition, but to assist you on your journey to wellness. Please consult your doctor if your questions are of a medical nature. Hi, everybody. This is the Eyes Free Fitness Podcast number 101. I am Mel Scott. Today, we're going to do what Lisa called a, a bucket of buckets. I thought that was a pretty good phrase. So since it's summer and we've been taking a little bit of a break, I know a lot of us like to kick back a little bit in the summer and, and do some reading. And also this time of the year, beginning to move towards fall, I also like to start gearing up to motivate myself by reading healthier books about body and health and mental health and spiritual health and those kinds of things. So what we've done today is strung together several different book reviews that Lisa has recorded, and I have read most of these books. I don't think I've read all of them, but I've read the most of them, and I really really enjoy them. And there's a couple I'll probably be picking up again and reading again. So I hope you really enjoy this particular podcast. It's very rich with lots of different information about books and all of the links to the books and authors and titles and where you can find them and all that stuff will be in the show notes. So you can check that out. Before we jump into those Book It segments, I thought I would just tell you about a book that I have been reading just recently. I discovered it last Sunday. I was just running through my Facebook feed, and I follow Oprah uh, and Super Soul Sunday. And you may have already heard of it, because I'm sure probably a lot of you may may follow her as well. And she interviewed a man named Adya Shanti, A-D-Y-A-S-H-A-N-T-I. And his book is called Falling into Grace. And it is the kind of book that I just soak it up because I'm very interested in expanding awareness and consciousness. This book is really moving me. I've been reading it for the past few days. So I just wanted to tell people about that book. It's called Falling into Grace by Adya Shanti. And I found it on Audible. I did look on Bookshare and Bard and it was not there. Uh, possibly over time it could be there since Oprah interviewed the guy. It's one of those things that may sh- pop up pretty quickly, so it wouldn't hurt to to look again. It is a series of talks done by the Sounds True production company, and it is on Audible, and I'm finding it very, very helpful. So check that out. The other reason I thought I would uh, talk to you a little bit this morning before we get into the, the book it's segments is um, this summer I have had a very intimate encounter with shingles. Some of you may have experienced shingles before, and I thought I would tell you a little bit about shingles so that you can 
recognize them and understand exactly what that is if you've not heard of it. So it's going to be a little mini fitness speak informational uh, segment on shingles and how to treat it and, and what to do about it. So let's let's first talk about that. So shingles is a virus that everyone who has had chicken pox in your lifetime carries with you. So if you've had chicken pox, you have a chance of getting shingles later on in life. And what what chicken pox is and shingles is a virus called the varicella zoster virus. It lives near your spinal cord. So when you get chicken pox, as a child, most likely, there are, you get these little blistery things all over your body. Some people have a really heavy case and some people have a lighter case and some people can get pretty sick with it, particularly if you get chicken pox as an adult. It can be quite painful and un- uncomfortable. There is no cure for chicken pox or shingles. However, now there are vaccinations that you can get for chicken pox, which would then, in an ideal world, keep you from getting chicken pox or shingles later on. You can also now get a shingles vaccination. Even if you've had chicken pox before in your life, you can get a shingles vaccination. And supposedly that will keep shingles away from from you or lessen your likelihood of getting shingles. Or if you do get shingles, the idea is that it will lessen the severity of it. So what happens is the chickenpox virus, the varicella zoster virus, lives near your spinal cord. It goes dormant. After you've had chickenpox, it becomes dormant and stays in your body. So later on in life, when your immune system may be compromised or you're under a great deal of stress, or if you're undergoing some kind of chemotherapy or some kind of therapy that weakens your immune system, the likelihood of shingles erupting on your body is greater. So what happens is it usually occurs in the most common place on one side of your body. It is a unilateral episode. So you're only going to get these bumps on one side of your body. And the most common place for them to occur is around your rib cage in a stripe around your body. It's called a dermatome. So what happens is that virus that's been living in your spinal cord gets activated and it begins to move through the the nerve fibers and pops out on your skin. It erupts on your skin and it itches and it can be painful. Sometimes it can get brutally painful. I fortunately had a very, very light case of it. I recognized it very early and began to to work with that. And for me, it passed in, in two weeks. For some people, it can last five weeks. It can last for months. It can last for years. Most likely, it will resolve itself relatively quickly unless 
Sometimes people get it on their head and their face and their neck. And this can be particularly dangerous because you can get these blisters in your eye, around your eye, in your ears, and it can uh, cost you your sight or your hearing. Uh, great, huge nerve pain in your face and head, and it is it is most uncomfortable. So I want to tell you how to recognize it so that you can go to the doctor and find out exactly what it is and find out what you can do to help yourself. So if it shows up on your torso, most likely it is not going to show up on your head. If it shows up on your head, most likely it's not going to show up on your torso. Sometimes it can show up in both places. So what happens is you will notice a patch of little itchy spots on one side of your body, around your waist, around your rib cage, and then you will notice another little patch and another little patch, and it'll go around your side. And if you feel these bumps and you feel this itching, you go to the doctor right then. Because if you get to the doctor, the, the, the doctors say that if you get this drug called Valtrex, you can take that drug and it will shorten the duration of the virus. Uh, I took the drug myself for one day and then decided uh, that I, I wanted to treat it myself just because I felt like it was not going to be a strong case and it was on my torso. If it had been on my head, I would have really um, gone strong with the medications, but I, I felt like I could handle it myself and that's everybody's choice to decide how they want to, to work with that. So the bumps are in patches they itch. You will get little stabbing pains with it. Uh, it's best to leave these bumps alone uh, to the best of your ability. I put aloe on mine. I put um, um, other creams and aloe. Uh, and also I put um, oregano oil. But if oregano oil is a very hot oil, so it must be mixed with a carrier oil coconut oil or almond oil, something like that. I also used the antiviral cream, azyclovir, on the bumps, which I believe helped dry them up and move it through my body much, much quicker. If you get the spots on your head and face, you will get several and the breakouts will continue, um, could continue through your scalp, on your face, around your ears, on your neck, but it's only going to be on one side. So if you start to get bumps on one side of your body, that's when you begin to, to get a little bit suspicious. So that is what happened with me this summer. I've been uh, dealing a little bit with shingles and, um, reading some excellent books and resting my mind and resting my body. And I'm getting geared up for a whole new phase of, um, of adventures coming up. And so I hope you really like this uh, podcast. Hope you've learned something already. And let's jump into the bucket of buckets with Lisa. Lisa. 
Let's book it. Today, I'd like to tell you about a wonderful book I read. It's part education, health, and part travel log. It's called The Longevity Plan: Seven Life-Transforming Lessons from Ancient China, and it is by Jane Ann Day, and that's Jane J A N E Ann A N N. Day, like the days of the week, and John D. Day, and Matthew Laplante, and his last name is spelled L-A-P-L-A-N-T-E. And Dr. Day and his wife went to an ancient village in China, where there were several centenarians, or people who had lived past the age of 100. And what he found is that these people were not only alive. But they were thriving. They were integral parts of their families, and their communities, working in gardens, tending animals, children, working in fields, just being fully contributing members of society, up until the very ends of their lives, which seemed to end, kind of with maybe a slight decline at the end. And when I say slight, I mean not very long, and then their death. But the authors were amazed by the quality of life of these centenarians, and so they interviewed them to attempt to find out what the secrets were to their success. And these were outlined in seven principles: eat good food, master your mindset, build your place in a positive community, be in motion, find your rhythm. Make the most of your environment, and proceed with purpose. They also talk about a recipe for something called longevity soup. About the book, they write, "It wouldn't change my perspective that there are tremendous lessons to be learned from a village with such incredibly low levels of cardiovascular disease, cancer, and dementia. That's because, in my mind, longevity in and of itself is a bonus." The truly remarkable thing is how healthy and happy these people are along the way. It's one thing to live long, but in the time I've spent with the folks who live in Bapan, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, I've learned that these people don't just survive into old age; they thrive in every way, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Here, the elderly rarely need medications or surgeries. And they don't hobble around or live in nursing homes. They're active, engaged members of their communities. They take walks. They work in the field. They greet visitors. They play mahjong. They cook and clean for themselves and others. They take care of the animals and the children. They even do kung fu. To witness as I have, a 110-year-old woman walking down the street, throwing kicks and chops. Is a wondrous experience. The primary narrator of the book is Dr. John Day, who is a renowned cardiologist, and he was finding in his own life that his lack of healthy practice was having a detriment to his overall health and well-being, which sparked his interest in this village. I would give this book five out of five glasses of lemon water. 
I just thought it was really great. It was passionate, but not high pressured. I didn't feel like he was trying to sell me anything, but more that he was relating his experiences. And his glimpses into the lives of the people were fascinating. It made me feel like I was there. And so if you are interested either in learning about these good health practices or just reading an interesting book about travel and the place of some elderly in society, I would certainly recommend this book. I think sometimes books about health talk about how long we can live if we're healthy. And sometimes, especially if you're not healthy and you're not feeling well, living long doesn't seem like that big of a bonus. In this book, I really feel that the authors showed the bonuses of living a long life, but more importantly, a quality life. This book is available on Bookshare, Audible, and other retailers. Again, it is called The Longevity Plan, Seven Life-Transforming Lessons from Ancient China, and it is written by Jane Ann Day, Dr. John D. Day, and Matthew LaPlante. I'm here today to talk about a book that I think will be of interest to many, and for a number of reasons. It is called The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It. And it is by W. Chris Winter, W-I-N-T-E-R, and he is a neurologist and a sleep expert. In the book jacket information, it says that in this book, he'll help you understand how sleep works and the ways in which food, light, and other activities act to help or hurt the process. Learn why sleeping pills are so often misunderstood and used incorrectly and how you can achieve your best sleep without them. Incorporate sleep and napping into your life, whether you are a shift worker, a student, or an overcommitted parent. Think outside the box to better understand ways to treat a multitude of conditions, from insomnia to sleep apnea to restless leg syndrome and circadian sleep disorders. Wade through the ever-changing sea of sleep technology and understand its value as it relates to your own sleep struggles. If you are a person who wants advice and information and whose eyes sort of glaze over whenever an author gets too deeply into research, I think you might like this book very much because he doesn't really back up a lot of his assertions with research. His qualifications would lead you to believe that he does have research, and there are notes in the book that cite sources, but it's not part of the ongoing dialogue, so what you get is pretty much undiluted information and advice. I tend to like a combination of the two, but in this case, I felt that it really worked. He does discuss a number of different sleep problems and sleep conditions and does give a nod to the sleep disturbances suffered by many blind people, although he does not go into that in any kind of detail. There are perhaps one or two sentences on the topic. Still, having it included did feel sort of gratifying. 
This book is available through retailers and through Bookshare. You can also listen on Audible and the book is read by the author. Because of the wide variety of information covered and the straightforward, no-nonsense advice in easy-to-read language, I give this book four and a half out of five glasses of lemon water. Again, it is called The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It by W. Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Winter, W-I-N-T-E-R. Happy reading! Today, I'm going to talk about an excellent book with an unorthodox name. It's called The Bad Food Bible, How and Why to Eat Sinfully, and it is written by Aaron Carroll, and the author's name is spelled A-A-R-O-N-C-A-R-R-O-L-L. So lots of double letters there, but at least it makes it easy to remember. In discussing the book's purpose, the author writes, My goal in this book is to make you a more responsible consumer, both of foods and of the latest research about how foods affect your health. For this reason, I give this book four and a half out of five glasses of lemon water. It's not that I agree with everything the author says, because I'm not sure that I do. But what I really like about this book is that he kind of picks apart some of our sacred cows, meaning that he talks about organic foods and artificial sweeteners and talks about the research that is really behind them. And some things he discusses have quite a lot of research, and surprisingly, other things have very little research. And we've just kind of taken the little bit that we have as gospel. He debunks myths, a favorite one of mine that he debunked in his book essentially is that foods that have cholesterol occurring like shrimp and eggs are bad for you. I've always just felt on a personal level with no degree in anything related that this doesn't make sense because these things were available in nature Man didn't chemicalize them, mutate them, whatever. And so it never made sense to me that they would be bad. And according to the research that he has discussed, it does not appear that this is the case. As I said, I'm not sure I agree with everything, but it has caused me to look more critically at the research and make some of these decisions for myself. He also talks about enjoying the foods that we eat, that sometimes we're so full of guilt about the choices that we make that we don't even taste what we put in our mouths, and then it's really a sad situation because we're not appreciating what indeed we do have. You can get this book both on Bookshare and Audible, and generally, it does go without saying, but these books are also available where print and electronic books are sold. I mentioned the specialized resources because that is who our audience is. We're generally reading Bard or Bookshare or Audible, although not always. I read quite a lot myself on Kindle and other platforms. If you are not really a reader, but you'd like access to this information, or maybe you're a reader and you just want the quicker version, 
I was introduced to this author through an interview that was done on a podcast called The People's Pharmacy, and there will be a link to that podcast in the show notes. And I encourage you to check that out if it is of interest to you. Again, the book is called The Bad Food Bible, How and Why to Eat Sinfully, and it is by Aaron Carroll. Thanks to those of you who've given feedback on these Book It segments and also suggested books for me to read. Keep them coming. I may not find that a book lends itself particularly to reviews, but on a personal level, I surely do love the recommendations. And if a book is at all a possibility for review, then I'm happy to share it with all of you. (gasps) Whoa, careful, are you okay? Oh, my pride is wounded, but I'm fine. I just tripped over nothing. I don't know what my problem is, but my balance just seems to be getting worse. It was never great to begin with, but now? I get it. I was finding I was just starting to not feel as steady when I was walking on uneven surfaces or in unfamiliar places. Really? What did you do? I went shopping. I like this already. Tell me more. I went to blindalive.com and I ordered their balance workouts. They offer a set of three, and you also get a free stretch workout when you order them all. I got them about two months ago. I can do the first one, and I'm working on the second. I can feel the difference already. I can move with more confidence, and I can take steps now to ensure that I'm safe throughout all of my life. Sounds great. I'll be sure to check it out. It's easy. Just go to www.blindalive.com. Recently, I read a fascinating book, and I wanted to tell you about it. The book is called Genius Foods Become Smarter, Happier, and More Productive While Protecting Your Brain for Life. And it's by Max Lugavere, L-U-G-A-V-E-R-E, and Paul Gruel, G-R-E-W-A-L, and it's narrated by Max Lugavere. I'd like to read a bit from the synopsis as I think it summarizes the book better than I could. Discover the critical link between your brain and the food you eat. Change the way you think about how your brain ages and achieve optimal brain performance with this powerful new guide from media personality and leading voice in health, Max Lugavere. After his mother was diagnosed with the mysterious form of dementia, Max Lugavere put his successful media career on hold to learn everything he could about the workings of the human brain and his mother's condition. For the better half of a decade, he consumed the most up-to-date scientific research, talked to dozens of scientists and clinicians around the world, and visited the country's best neurology departments. Now, in Genius Foods, Lugavere uncovers the stunning link between our dietary and lifestyle choices and our brain health revealing how the foods you eat directly affect your ability to focus, learn, remember, create, analyze new ideas, and maintain a healthy, balanced mood. He presents groundbreaking science and distills the latest research, including how food is like software for our endlessly capable minds, how select nutrients can actually boost working memory and processing speeds, how slowing down the cognitive aging process is just as much about the foods you omit from your diet as the superfoods that you consume, and how easy it is to modulate the quality of your thoughts and mood 
by food. In this vein of groundbreaking bestsellers such as David Perlmutter's Grain Brain, Tim Ferriss's For Our Body, and Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Diet, Genius Foods presents a comprehensive, practical roadmap to optimizing the brain's health and performance today and decades into the future. There are many things about this book that I found compelling. The author lists 10 genius foods throughout the book and suggests some ways to prepare and enjoy them. His approach is very holistic as he talks about food, of course, but also movement and the various things that can affect our bodies and our health. I listened to this book through Audible and it is a recording read by the author along with a PDF. The PDF was mostly easy to follow and slightly tricky in a few places, but not a big deal. The book is also available on Bookshare. I would give this book 4.5 out of 5 glasses of lemon water. As I said, I really thought that it did a great job of bringing together what I've heard and I've read in part in other books and it kind of just brought it together and distilled it into one place, one easy to follow set of instructions. I also liked that he started out trying to find answers and not necessarily trying to prove something. If you're at all interested in improving the quality of your life and your brain specifically, I would highly recommend this book. If you've consumed any information lately on health and wellness, chances are you've heard information about gut health and the microbiome. The book I'm reviewing today talks all about that in what I feel is easy to understand language. I've read other books on gut health and they kind of left me cold. Some of them were so technical that they were difficult to understand and others basically said that unless I spent hundreds of dollars a month that I could not achieve good gut health. But this book to me is a marked exception. It is called The Good Gut, Taking Control of Your Weight, Your Mood, and Your Long-Term Health and it's by Justin Sonnenberg and Erica Sonnenberg. I want to read a little bit from the synopsis of this book because, again, it will summarize what is being discussed better than I can. In The Good Gut, noted Stanford researchers Justin and Erica Sonnenberg, who are doing cutting research on the microbiota, investigate how the trillions of microbes that reside in our gastrointestinal tract help define us affecting everything from our immune response to our weight, allergic reactions, aging, and emotions, how they are under threat from the Western diet, our antibiotics, and our sterilized environment, and how we can nurture our individual microbiota. Later in the synopsis it says, your prescription for gut health is unique to you and it changes as you age. The good gut offers a new plan for health that focuses on how to nourish your microbiota, including recipes and a menu plan. Doctors Sonnenberg look at safe alternatives to antibiotics, dietary and lifestyle choices to encourage microbial health, 
the management of the aging microbiota and the nourishment of your own individual microbiome. I was fascinated at the information that the authors provided about gut health and things that affect it throughout the lifespan. I would certainly recommend it to anyone who has an interest in health topics. The book is available on Audible and Bookshare. I would give it 4.5 out of 5 glasses of lemon water, only because I seem to save 5 out of 5 for the exceptional gotta read this again kind of book, but this really was very good. Also, I want to spell the author's names, Justin, J-U-S-T-I-N, and Erica, E-R-I-C-A, and the last name is S as in Sam, O-N-N-E-N-B-U-R-G. If you get the book from Audible, you'll receive an accompanying PDF guide. If you get it via Bookshare, the supplementary information is included in the book. Today I'd like to talk about a book whose title kind of made me cringe, partly because it laid it all out there right in all its unpleasant glory. That title is Why Diets Fail Because You're Addicted to Sugar, and it is by John Talbot, T-A-L-B-O-T-T, and Nicole M. Avena, A-V-E-N-A. The reason the title made me cringe is that sugar is a sticking point for me. I don't necessarily think of myself as a sweets eater, but so many things have sugar in them that giving it up feels really drastic. However, this book is really kind of exemplary because of a few reasons. One is it gives scientific information that talks about the addictive properties of sugar and how our bodies react when we eat sugar. And it does it without a lot of hype and without a lot of kind of in-your-face preaching. It just lays out the facts and allows you to make of them what you will. The author also provides a multi-week process for getting rid of sugar and getting it kind of out of your life and does this in such a way that you're making small but measurable changes each week that will ultimately improve your life. If you have thought about either cutting out or lowering your intake of sugar, this is a book that you might want to consider. Again, it is called Why Diets Fail Because You're Addicted to Sugar, and it is by John Talbot and Nicole M. Avena, and I found it on Bookshare. I would give this book four out of five glasses of lemon water. I could have benefited, I think, from seeing a few more case studies, a few more examples, but overall I thought the book was good and would recommend it to anyone who might be interested. I hope you enjoyed this bucket of bookets. I hope you learned something and that you can find a book that appeals to you and that you can take forward into your life. Um, I want to really acknowledge Lisa for doing such a good job of reading these books and taking notes and recording these bucket segments and doing such a good job with the with the show notes. I'm very very appreciative of the work that she does and also Jamie's work 
for editing and putting these podcasts together. We don't always make it uh, super easy for him to, to make these podcasts come out well. So he has to put time and, and effort into um, making them nicer than they would ordinarily be. So thank you so much, Jamie Pauls, for the podcast editing. Also, I forgot to mention in the introduction that every month we have a featured program. This month, the featured program is the Balance Series. So we discount our featured program every month. And the Balance Series is a bundle that we have further discounted for the month of August. So if the Balance Series is something you've been wanting, now is a great time to get it because the price is significantly lower on the website and the app. We are able to show those discounts in the app now. So this is a good time to get those. The best way to know about these featured workouts is to either go to the website and check every month to find out what it is, or you can sign up for the newsletter, which will enable you to hear the announcements of the featured workouts any blog posts, podcasts, new programs, anything that that is new will show up in your newsletter. So go sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already. There will be a link to that in the show notes as well. So the website is blindalive.com and the app is the Eyes Free Fitness app in the App Store. You can search for that in the App Store by typing in, this is the easiest way that I have found to find it, is just type in the words Blind Alive, B-L-I-N-D-A-L-I-V-E, all run together, and the Eyes Free Fitness app should pop up for you. It is a free app with in-app purchases, so you can buy the workouts within the app. You can read the blogs from within the app. You can listen to the podcast from within the app. You can do all that from the website too. So we are going to a once a month format for this podcast for the foreseeable future. So uh, we will be talking with you in September. So have a great month.